0: أعوذ بالله من tranquility is the next stage of akhlaq now he brings a separate chapter for it but this doesn't necessarily mean that Sukoon is separate from yaqeen. Right before this, I think if I'm not mistaken, we had yaqeen. Yes, and so with yaqeen will come sukun at the same time. So one depends on the other. But it doesn't mean that one will happen and the other doesn't happen. No, with yaqeen comes sukun. With yaqeen comes sukun and tranquility, calmness. And I also like to use the word itminan uh, Um... And we'll talk about nafsul mutmainin towards the end. Um, yeah, so he says when that spiritual wayfarer reaches Yaqeen, they become calm. and nothing makes them. Now here it says muttarib, anxious, shaky, things like that. Why? Because this person sees and finds that the one that is in charge of all of creation and all of existence is Allah. and that everything he does is in line with wisdom. And this person finds that if they leave themselves in his hands, then there should be good. And so they reach this Tuma'nina, this itminan, and all of the shakiness and and the opposite of tranquility leaves them. Okay, so that's just to get us ready. But then he says, look, we have two types of tranquility and calmness. One is good, one is bad. Okay. The good one versus the bad one. What is the bad one? He says, look, sometimes you haven't even gotten up to move yet. Okay? When you haven't moved, you're calm. You're motionless. There's no problem, right? (laughs) Is this a good calm? Is this a good tranquility? Or is this a bad tranquility? He says, this is bad. It's madhumum. A person who uh, doesn't move, doesn't make an effort, they are calm in one corner. This means that they haven't moved at all. They haven't uh, made any progress at all. Now, sometimes no, you have tranquility though. You're not moving anymore. Why? Because you've reached the destination and you're not moving anymore. This calmness is good calmness. So for each of these, he brings some verses. He says, like, for example, this uh, bad sukun, this bad calmness and tranquility. For example, verse number 99 of Surah Al Araf. Amanul comes from Amn and Aman, which means safety and when you're safe, when you feel safe about something you're calm, you're tranquil this verse says those who are safe when it comes to the makr of Allah, the plot of Allah they are of the losers why? because they have they have wasted whatever capital Allah gave them of life yeah, in Farsi we call capital we call it سَارْمَيَة this yeah this capital that Allah gave them, they didn't use it properly, they wasted it. And as a result, what is it? They feel safe, they feel like there's nothing, there's no problem at all. Yeah, well right now there's no problem, but you're going to have a problem later. This is madhmum. This sense of safety and tranquility that a person has as a result of being a loser, this is not a good tranquility, it's a bad tranquility. But on the flip side, there's tranquility that's good. We have three verses for that he brings. Surah Ra'ad verse 28 says, qulub," The famous verse that we all know. That it is that it is only through the Dhikrullah. So a person who has reached that destination, or meets certain conditions, Dhikrullah for them is going to bring tranquility and calmness. This is good tranquility. This is not bad tranquility. Unlike the previous one. Aladdina Amn Muhtadun. These people have amn, the ones who have faith and don't taint their faith with dhulm. These people are going to be safe. This safety is good versus that safety that was bad. If you're waliyullah, you don't have khauf, you don't have huzn You don't have fear, you don't have grief. In other words, you're tranquil, you're calm. This is good. Alright, so we have good, we have bad. But the question is this. If we're talking about sukun right now, and tranquility, and that there's a good and a bad one, does that mean the only good thing we have is tranquility? Does that mean shakiness, bumpiness is not good at all, no matter what? Or the Arabic for it is is iztirab, which in Farsi they'll say iztirab. Do you have that in Urdu? You probably do, yeah? Iftirab, is all iftirab bad now? Because we're talking about tranquility being good. And his answer is no, who says? Bumpiness and shakiness, when you're on the way, is a good thing. Because it shows that you're on the road at least. You know, no road, uh, you don't have any roads without bumps on in them. When you're on the road, you can feel it. Now, so to speak, of course, so to speak. Like the asphalt roads that we have. No matter how smooth this road is, you're going to still feel it. Let alone if it's bumpy. You'll feel it. So, is this bumpiness and shakiness bad? Not necessarily. Because it shows that you're on the way. You're on the path. So, before moving, if you're not moving at all, you're calm. This is bad calmness. If you're moving, and you don't have sukkun, that's good. And then if you reach the destination, and you have sukkun, and that's what we're talking about, today and that of course is very good okay so let me read a little bit of what he says in this regard in regards to the bumpiness and shakiness that we experience when we're on that path he says the ones who are on the path because they know that there is a uh, a uh, dangerous bandit yeah and dangerous crook on their way hiding and because he himself, he said, لهم سِرَاطَكَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ I'm going to sit on your straight path, O oh Allah, and try to misguide them from it. Because they know that there is something like this on the way, yes, they have اضطراب. They are shaking a little bit. It's bumpy for them. You know, they have what is shaking? Their heart is shaking. Their heart is trembling. They don't have that calmness and tranquility and sukun. They know that they are in a tight battle with Iblis, who has no who doesn't want good for anybody. He is Adul Mubin, the clear enemy. He has a lot of tricks up his sleeve. He has something for um, the alim. He has something for the Zahid. He has something for the Abid. He has something for the Tajir. Yeah, the one who does trade, the businessman. He has something for the woman, he has something for the man, he has something for the young, the adolescent, the old, the ones who are frail and they're about to die even, he has something for them. He has something for those who have positions. All of these things, he has a trap for them. kum afalam Surah Yasin verse 62 that he it says that verily Shaitan has misguided a good number of you. A good number of you. And so here, someone might say, okay, so it's a battle. And I am fighting in the way of God. And so why should I be worried? Because this is just like any other battle where we're outnumbered. And we have a verse in the Quran that says, That there are always small groups, weak groups that have always overcome um, stronger groups and bigger groups. Someone might say, Why should we be worried? Why should we be worried? Because you know, there are times when the weaker one overtakes the stronger one. I Jawadi says, Don't be fooled by this. Don't think like this. This isn't your normal battle where numbers sometimes will matter, will not matter sometimes those who are less will defeat those who are more and so on. this is not these verses that talk about Kam min fi'atin fi'atan these are not speaking about this battle against shaitan. as a matter of fact, he says the battle against shaitan is always a big one. You can't say, oh, there's a chance that the weaker one is going to overtake the stronger one. that's for physical warfare. but in the uh, the great war between shaitan and us, you can't have this kind of hope he says. And because you don't have this kind of hope, of course you have hope that you'll win, inshaAllah. But you can't, this shouldn't bring you calmness, he says. It shouldn't bring you sukun and tranquility, he says. That's the difference. You shouldn't feel safe, just like that verse we had a few minutes ago. It shouldn't be like that. As a matter of fact, he's ready for us, shaitan. I am going to make zinat of everything for him or her. I'm going to make everything look good to them. I will misguide all of them. (inaudible) I will misguide. I will give false hopes. I will command them to do this, to do that. That's why it says the person who is on the path will have this irtirab, this shakiness, their heart will shake Why? Because this enemy is not a physical enemy. It's not a physical enemy for us to say all the way till the end. No. All right. So we have the bad sukun. We have the good shakiness. Then uh, when you reach the destination as a result of continuing that path and as a result of the yaqeen that you have, you reach a sukkun, and this is the good sukkun now. And he talks about that now. He says, on one hand, this individual, as they are traversing this path, they are worried, as we said. And but when they reach that re when they pass that region of danger and reach safety, this fear, this shakiness subsides. In the mu'minun. And we had this verse before. I think we had this in Dhikr, in the chapter of Dhikr. Mu'mineen <inaudible> and believers are the ones who, when Allah is mentioned, and they're on that path to Allah, their hearts shake and tremble when they hear about Allah. <inaudible> and when his verses are recited, their iman is strengthened. And they rely on Him. Yeah. So it begins with that shakiness. But then it goes on. It says, minhu al Talked about this before, many sessions ago, that their skin trembles out of the fear of Allah. But then it calms down their hearts, their skin. It's not trembling anymore. Why? Because of dhikrullah. These people, is because they have reached that safety now. As a result of whatever they've been doing. So, we have, he wants to wrap it up. Yeah? He wraps it up like this. He says that we have different types of people. Number one, the ones who have that initial tranquility which is bad. And he gives a good example of this. He says, a stone, a stone. Is it calm or is it moving around? It's calm. But a person who's not moving and has sukun and tranquility is like a stone that's not moving. A stone is not worth anything. Okay? Number one. Number two, he says some people, they are shaking. That is good because they're on the path. And number three are the orafa, The urafa who have made it. They have this sukun. And so... He says, look, let's find the the root of everything here. The root of everything, he says, from everything that was mentioned and previous chapters. He says that from all of what we discussed, it becomes clear that the different levels of sukun depend on the yaqeen of an individual and and the levels of yaqeen they have achieved. And the levels of yaqeen they have achieved goes back to the levels of ma'rifah they have gained. Remember, right? we talked about this. How Ayatullah Jawadi said, even mahabba and hub and love is not the root of everything. Ma'arifa is the love of everything. Ma'rifah is the love of everything. And that's where we really insisted on this idea of how we have to make sure that we are... Um, Studying the verses of the Quran, studying Allah. But also understanding that it's not just that that gives us ma'rifa. Once we've done all of that, acting upon what we know about Allah, so that He gives us a special ma'rifa. Okay, we talked about this before. Alright, so he says they all depend on the levels of ma'rifa that we've gained. Once we have that ma'rifa, the different levels of ma'rifa they give us the yaqeen. The yaqeen gives us in turn, gives us what? Gives us sukoon. So what is the destination? The destination is the sukun, really. Okay. The ma'rifah, the yaqeen, all of these things are what gets us to that sukun and calmness. And once we reach all of that, as a result of all of this comes the love. Okay. The love comes as well. So when we're teaching our kids, when we're lecturing... Um, what are we supposed to stress on? Stress on love or stress on ma'rifa, all the way up to sukun and love? We can tell people we must reach this tranquility where we rely only on Allah. Remember we started the chapter like this, that this sukun is a result of understanding that Allah is in charge of everything. Something we've said again and again and again. Should we stress more on the means or the ends? Which one? Of obviously the means. What is the means? The means is the ma'rifa. That is which is in our hands. It's the ma'rifa To gain some ma'rifah. And This is why our scholars are always pushing for education. Learning. Discussing more and more. The emotional side of things is a must. Islam itself has brought emotions into the equation a lot of times. But the emotions are not the destination. But because it is such a genuine, original thing that we have, the emotional aspect. Sometimes we misidentify the destination and we see it to be the emotional aspect of things. No. Everything is a means to get to Allah. When you get to Allah, there is that's where the sukoon is. So the sukun, the hub and love that brings about sukun is the destination. It's interesting. You have the same equation when it comes to the spouse. It says that Allah جَعَلَ بَيْنَكُم وَرَحْمَةً And all of that لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا This whole marriage, institution of marriage and the love that comes and all of that it's so that we all reach a tranquility and calmness in the end. Okay, that is the ultimate goal of it. Just like we have that there, we have this with Allah as well. What is the means, what is the ends? All of this stuff that we're talking about are the means, The ends is the sukun, But can I have that end goal without the means? No. So what am I going to stress on here? I'm going to stress on the means. Very obvious. It's very obvious. But what do you find? What you find is what sells to people is what? When they talk about the end goals. Think about it. If you tell a youth every day, if you want to be in shape, you got to to hop on the treadmill. Let's just say, you got to do your cardio every day. Every day you remind them of the cardio. Is that more motivating? Or when you show them the end result of these bodybuilders? Of course, the bodybuilders. When you see that, you get motivated. You get pumped. Yeah? And it gives that person a good feeling too when they hear about that. So for example, I'll go up and I'll lecture about what? There are three types of ibadat. Okay? The ibadat of the tujjar and the abid. And then there's the ibadat of of the lovers. Habibi. It's good. Okay, I'm not saying, we're not saying don't talk about these things. But stop bashing people with these things, telling them that what they're doing is not good enough and they have to go and, and they're supposed to get love. How, tell them how. Tell them how to reach that point. We've been talking for like 40, 50 sessions now to get, understand that there's a path. All right. So all of these are pushing in that direction. Yes, once you reach there, the ultimate goal is sukoon. Ultimate goal is hub, and so on. Okay, having said all of that, this ayah of the Quran in Suratul Fajr, one to last or a few, uh, one one left one two or three before the end of the surah, it says, "Ya ayatuhan nafsul mutmainna, irrajilah fi jannati." Okay, so this "Ya ayatuhan nafsul mutmainna," seems to be speaking about that same thing the tranquil soul let's see what alama Tabatabai says in regards to the tranquil soul before we end he says look we look at this one of these this verse that is one of the last verses of uh, suratul fajr we want to figure out what nafsul mutmainna means to figure out what it's talking about we look at the previous verses the previous verses are all negative you're all talking about the people who uh, didn't do what they were supposed to do. Why? They were too attached. So let me pull it up. Uh, is that the one? No. Can't find my Quran app. Oh, there it is. Surah Al-Fajr. I mean, I think I memorized it, but the verses sometimes don't come right to the mind. Yeah. Yeah. لَا <laughs> الْيَتِيمَ you don't take care of the orphans. You don't feed the poor and needy. You devour inheritance. What a devouring. You love mal hubban, jamma. All of this, this is what it's talking about. So it's a person that is totally attached to dunya. Totally not even moving in the direction they're supposed to move towards. So Allah he says, the flip side, the opposite of this is nafsul mutmainna. This was the lowest of the low, so I guess the opposite will be the highest of the high. A person who is totally... Uh, detach from all of this. And so who is that type of person? He says, Huwa The nafs mutma'inna is that nafs that finds sukoon to, when it comes to the, the Lord and is happy and satisfied with what he is satisfied with. So this individual sees themselves as an abd, does not own anything for themselves. Of khayr or shar, good or bad. Naf' or dar, anything of benefit or detriment. Nothing they say belongs to me. و... They see this world as a place where you do majaz, where you where you pass through. You pass through it, you don't stay there. And that everything in it that they face of ghina, Wealth, faqr, poverty, naf, benefit, dar, detriment, sees it all as a test. So when the blessings are coming one after another, this does not push them towards the toward turiyan and going against Allah, and fasad and corruption, and arrogance and vanity, and things like that. And when poverty and um, deprivation come their way, it doesn't push them towards kufr and towards not. Uh, putting aside shukr, like Prophet Ayyub is the best example of that. Allah took everything from him. He is still thankful to Allah. Yes. Nothing happened. No matter what happens, this person does not sway from the straight path. Okay. And finally, I have shared this every now and then. I'll share it here too because it's relevant. This nafs mutma'innah, something to strive for because... I mean I personally asked this once from one of these ones that I knew <laughs> had reached nafs mutma'inna now someone might say well it takes one to know one no it doesn't but <laughs> you can you can tell if someone's made it um and you haven't while well, you haven't made it anywhere yourself so yeah but no this is an individual everyone knows uh, was special anyway the question was asked I asked this question actually I said can somebody reach nafs mutma'inna and then come back from it he said no no. So that is really something to aim for. To reach nafs mutmainna. This sukun, but it comes after you have put behind you the tranquility of the stone. Number one. Number two, put behind you the bumpiness of the road. And you reach that region of safety and aman. Inshallah, that is the nafs mutmainna. And it takes a lifetime to get there, inshallah. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. Questions? Alright, right. Well, alaikum. Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.